Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With me today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Good morning. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Well, very good. And uh, guess what? We're going to be talking a little bit about the Fed. I, I think most of our viewers know about the Fed, and some are even more skeptical than skeptical than we are. <laughs> so, now we're going to talk about the Fed and, uh, and the relationship to the problems we have with the coronavirus. You know, uh, one thing I feared when this whole thing broke out is I thought there was. A, very early, there was tremendous exaggeration of the problem with the coronavirus. And I think more and more people are starting to agree with this and that the treatment was way overdone. It was more of a threat to our liberties. It had nothing to do with real fear. It was a built-in fear. But what I was concerned about early on was uh, because we have talked uh, on this program and others for so long about the building of the financial bubble. And that, that is an ongoing process. You know, as long as we had a Fed, there was degrees of that, which required uh, certain corrections made. Of course, the biggest one, and I think we're still in it, was the one that occurred in 08 and 09, and we're continuing with that. But it's got, it, caught, it caught everybody's attention right now. And uh, this was a predictable event. If anybody had the vaguest notion and understanding of Austrian economics and central economic planning uh, through a central bank and with monopoly control of uh, money and, and credit and all the interest rates. And so it was a predictable event, and it did occur. I dated uh, the real awareness of this back to September 17th last year when the markets froze up on the overnight rates and they skyrocketed up to 10%. And boy, all of a sudden, the whole idea that they could unwind the balance sheet and, uh, and go back to normal, well, the market would have no part of it. And they immediately, you know, within that one day, they had to come back with another QE program and they've been at it ever since. And so, the, and this led to the stock market crash. But, you know, Corona, uh, the crisis in Corona really didn't come until late uh, March and April before people got hysterical about it. Uh, but now, if you listen to the commentators and probably uh, ask the average person on the street, they'd say, well, the problem is they have this lockdown and it's the coronavirus. And we think the lockdown was important, a lot of them will say. And therefore, it was a necessary thing and that's caused this crisis. But they hardly ever mention the participation in this mess of the Federal Reserve. And of course, uh, those of us who have warned about it, we're not, uh, matter of fact, I find that I'm asked about it less than it was before. It seemed like uh, they, they'd have me on some program uh, just for entertainment. But now that it's happened, they're not wanting to talk about it. And I think the coronavirus, and, and uh, can you believe it or not, that there's a possibility that there was a collusion among the powerful interests, the deep state, and all the countries got together. Well, what we need is a crisis. And uh, the statistics are, you know, popping up all the time that uh, this crisis uh, and this problem with the coronavirus is bad, but nothing like what we've gone through before. Uh, you know, there's been uh, viruses and, and uh, there's been uh, things like uh, the uh, influenza uh, has killed more people annually and they don't even keep statistics. And, uh, and then they fudge the statistics on the coronavirus deal. They're fudging statistics all the time. And there's a lot of noise going on right now because a few physicians uh, have, have come out about uh, the, uh, the drug the chlor chloroquine. Uh, which is a good drug, and it looks like it has been helpful before. And now 
uh, the people who've been using it and advocating it, they are not being allowed. They're closing it down. They don't want to hear anything about it. Uh, and I've taken a position that the, from my uh, limited experience and understanding from medical school, it was a good drug and it was good for malaria. And of course, if you believe in the market, you let the doctor practice medicine. And they've been doing it, a large number of people. And there are a couple doctors out there now having treated and cured and helped and had very good results, you know, with the chloroquine. But now those doctors that have done that are getting clamped down on and their videos are taken off and it's very hard for them to get the drug. So once again, you have to be very suspicious of what this is all about. Yes, I believe uh, th this whole thing of coronavirus is a distraction from the real problem, the Federal Reserve, but there's another distraction when it comes to, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the virus, uh, uh, you, you, you know, doing the uh, uh, vaccines as well as the drugs. You're not allowed to use the drugs that have been around and they're real cheap. We got to get new drugs. And the drug companies are lining up. I think the news this morning said there are over 100 proposals for vaccine. So you can imagine people lining up quickly and it's doing rapidly. I think that's the greatest threat to us right now, uh, not the coronavirus. And that's a serious problem. Of course, the overreaction is a serious problem. I think the big financial problem is the Federal Reserve. But now we have to think about the propaganda about new drugs, rushing them through, and uh, also the, uh, the idea that there'll be a vaccine very soon. And the people, the people who are in the middle, yeah, I'm with you, we should open up, but we can't open up until we have conquered it and we have a vaccine and everybody's had an injection. Boy, that is a big problem we're facing. And Chris, I'm sure hoping that we, with our program here and others, because it, the numbers are growing, who are becoming educated and aware of how much of a sham this whole thing is. That's right, Dr. Paul, and you're right that this was predictable. I mean, I, I ask our new viewers, go back to September of last year, uh, and you'll, you'll see us talking about that a major bust is going to come and you have to blame the Federal Reserve. They're going to try to hide from it as best as they can. Well, you know, look at where we are today. The Fed has skated by and the bust has begun. And I wanna also talk about a major shift that Dr. Paul uh, mentioned on yesterday's show because a major shift is in motion. And that is that blind faith and total dependency on government is going to come to an end. Not because of libertarians and people like us, but from the government's own actions themselves. They will force the blinders off. And you know, this coronavirus fits the bill. The lying, the overreaction. You know, you have, you could picture it as like a town where a building or two were on fire and government came in and just steamrolled the entire town, destroyed it and flattened it to put out the fire. Well, we have 33 million unemployed and millions every week are being added to that list. And every solution going forward is going to multiply even bigger problems. And you can gauge what those problems are gonna be just by observing the solutions. So an important process is set in motion now, and it's going to force the blinders that have been on millions of people's eyes to finally come off. Very good, I agree with that entirely. You know, when this thing first broke, I was very concerned about the misinformation. I knew there was a virus out there, and I knew it was serious and, and probably an exaggeration of a cold virus and probably not a whole lot worse, if worse, uh, than influenza, but they were overly hyping it. And all of a sudden, it, the evidence came out that there's a lot of lying about it, the statistics, because they needed that. They, they needed the villain. They needed an enemy. 
And the lies that they told, I compare them to what goes on when we need to get into another war. We have to build up the lies constantly. We're in the middle of this right now, somewhere around the world. We're telling the lies right now. We're spreading it. Even if it isn't an outright lie, it's a distortion, but it's to mislead the people so that they're ready to go to war. And that's what has happened here because they talk about a war you know, against, against the virus. So this is what, uh, what they have done. And, uh, and, and so many people have bought into this, that the uh, virus is, is the evil and dwell on it. And once again, our, our big, our big uh, job is to get people to understand monetary policy and how that is the real culprit, because you can't have big government, you know, without the Federal Reserve. And uh, this whole thing, Powell this week after his hearing, somebody asked him, about, well, aren't you a little bit concerned about the deficits and the spending? He said, no, no, not, not to that. It, it, it's a bit of a problem, but you don't mess around with the deficit, paraphrasing, of course. Uh, you don't mess around with the deficit and excessive spending in the midst of a crisis. You do that when times are good. Well, weren't we told times were good about six months ago for the past several years and they were fantastic and, and Obama was responsible and Trump was responsible and a low unemployment and here we are talking about it's a bubble, it's a bubble, watch out, it's going to burst. And, uh, and, they, and, they, uh, and that, of course, is exactly, exactly what happened. So uh, the, the uh, effort to do this is very clear to us to make sure that people understand what's going on. And we, we, we blame the Fed a lot. But the Fed works in cahoots with the spending people. Who are the spending people? Well, actually, we've narrowed it down so you don't have to worry about too many groups in Washington. You have to be concerned with the conservatives and the liberals. Uh, they both like spending. And uh, then you have uh, about five or so uh, libertarian thinking people that say, you know, deficits could be bad, you know, and, and maybe we shouldn't be doing this. So this is, a, this is a, a big problem because the spending has been part of the reason we're in this mess, uh, part of the malinvestment and distrib distribution, the printing of money and distortion of interest rates. And we're seeing this whole thing coming in to, as a climax and an end to this. So they get the people together and they deal with, well, we have a war going on here. First, we have to lock down the nation because there's some people getting, getting frightened and there's, a, there's people losing job, <coughs> jobs because of the Federal Reserve. Oh, okay, uh, if that's the case, what we'll do to help is we'll lock down the nation and make sure everybody's unemployed. But we can print money and we can run up more deficits and it's not hard to make a prediction and say, this isn't going to work. You know, you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. And uh, some uh, will say that the people who really pull the strings uh, behind the scenes, they agree with that. And some of them actually want to benefit by it. When you think and listen to the Pelosi's of the world, I mean, they have no concern for the harm that they do. But I think it's both sides do this. They don't, they don't have deep concern and they lack understanding. They just say, go ahead and spend, spend, spend. But the reason I've sort of, over my political career, honed into the Federal Reserve is I think it is the most destructive economic program and system that you can have with monopoly control of the money supply and monopoly control over the interest rates and taking them to negative interest rates and tell people they can spend anything you want and we'll always print the money. So that builds a bubble and the bubble's been building for a long, long time and we've had problems ever since the Fed was created. But this is the big one. It has started not two months ago. We recognized in September something shifting.
But th this has uh, really been going on for a long time and certainly is a continuation of the problem of, uh, of 2008 and 9. But there were improvements. There were more people working, but that's superficial. That's, that's fake wealth. It's wake on, uh, wealth on the surface, and it doesn't last, and that's why it's fragile, and that's why you can't anticipate it won't last. The only thing I have to admit that I was surprised with because I anticipated it would come, and I, know it, I knew it could be rapid, and I knew it could be very big because I talked about a global economy, the global dollar, and this is not going to be you know, one state or one country. But I, re I really was pretty impressed with how serious and how overwhelming it was and how sudden it was. It was like clicking your finger. So, uh, but the printing presses are rolling and uh, the money's being printed and the spenders are there. Uh, so I guess they'll keep trying until finally one day it won't work. That's the whole thing. We don't have to worry about trying to talk people out of this. You can't talk people out of welfare checks for the rich or the poor. But when the money quits working, uh, something has to be done, and that's when you have to have monetary reform, and let's hope when they have monetary reform, they will have structural reform on what the government is supposed to be doing, and that is their sole job should be the protection of liberty, not complicated, and that means we could get rid of 80% of the government and we'd get rid of the Federal Reserve. Hey, believe, it, believe me, it would be nice. We wouldn't even have to have an income tax. So those are easy goals, but of course we have a long way to go, but getting people to try to understand that just shouting and arguing about, well, it's all about Corona, it's all about Corona, and not even talk about the Fed and ignoring the spending and Republicans and Democrats, you know, uh, pushing up. So that, that is the real, uh, the real problem that we have. But in spite of all that, Chris, I sense that our viewers and our friends are becoming more numerous. I think there's a lot of people waking up. A lot of people knew and understood and believed this, and a lot of people knew about uh, uh, chloroquine. But more people are speak, speaking out, and the doctors are getting a little braver because I've been disgusted with the doctors because they've been called up uh, and, uh, and, and asked to change the death certificate to always mention, uh, you know, coronaviruses. The reimbursements are higher. So I think that's very unethical. And uh, when this all ends, there'll have to be a new assessment. Let's just hope that, they, that the people come to their senses because it's what the people uh, think about and how they reflect the people who, who present the philosophy. Uh, you have to have people. That's why these, that, that, this is why these demonstrations are important. Yes, we can have programs like this and talk about things theoretically, uh, but until people say, you know, this is right, this is unconstitutional, and we should express ourselves. And they're doing that now. So, Chris, in that sense, I have a little bit of optimism that we will work our way out of this. I am very optimistic, too, despite the dark clouds, Dr. Paul. And you could see over these last weeks, there have been countless heroes that have been coming out. And uh, we all know who they are, the Shelley Luthers, the nurses the, uh, that have been coming out and saying something is not right here, the police officers that are telling other police officers, follow the Constitution, do not impose these draconian laws. So the American spirit is alive and well, I am absolutely sure of that. Uh, what I wanted to talk about next was, uh, to, on top of what I said before, that the solutions that are proposed will only multiply problems going forward. And if you just look at the so-called solutions, you can anticipate, and hopefully we can provide value by helping our viewers anticipate what is coming. We've had a Fed bubble. 
uh, that has burst, and now they are counterfeiting trillions and trillions of dollars to prop it up. They are paying people, the government, not to work. I know personally people that are earning, earning, that are getting uh, double what their paycheck was. I mean, what's the incentive to go back to work? So less production and all this counterfeit money. And Dr. Paul has said over and over, you'll get your counterfeit money, but what it buys is another story. And we're seeing it already. I saw a headline that grocery prices are up the most in 46 years. So as prices go up, people are going to get upset. They'll see that bread is $8 where it used to be four, and they'll be like, I, I wanna pay four. I don't wanna pay these new prices, thanks to the counterfeiting. So what'll happen after that is you could bet on price controls. Government will come in and try to fix the prices, and they've been doing this stuff since the Roman times, and it always produces 100% of the time empty shelves and shortages. So you can count on rising prices, empty shelves and shortages going forward, because like I said, Government is just going to multiply the problems, uh, you know, forthwith. Very good. And, uh, you know, Powell also had a statement about the economy and negative rates. Negative rates uh, uh, were a big item in the news this week, but it's also made the market very rocky and shaky and, and adds fuel to the downturn of the stock market, which is going to continue for a long time, I believe. And uh, he, ma he mentioned that, but he says what we have to do is this negative interest rate. But then he actually had some words of caution. So, you know, when you watch one of these speeches during the middle of the day, you know, one word, stock markets are up 200 points. He says something else. It goes down 300 points. That's a real, a real steady market. A good place to invest your money. So they, uh, so he actually he said about interest rates. He says that would work if we have an economic turnaround. <laughs> We're not going to have an economic turnaround because he's doing all the things that they that created the economic turnaround. And uh, it is to me so amazing that uh, the unemployment that comes about by the Federal Reserve, and then we have the virus come along, and then we fire everybody. And then we don't have enough production, and we wonder what's going on. And we say, well, we'll just print the money, and all of a sudden it'll be okay. Well, we, we, uh, then we have shortages, which we do now. Uh, we had a CPI number this week, which was uh, not, uh, uh, it, it was, uh, not too bad because there were so many people had to discount what they were selling. So the CPI and everything didn't go up except for food and clothing. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty important. And I think that's going to get much worse because the dollars are going to be plentiful uh, and they're going to be passed out. The helicopters are out there. They're gunning. And uh, every day I go out and I uh, look, looking for the helicopter to see if I'll get a bundle. And it never shows up, but they're going, they're going to the banks. And, you know, even these recent, these, after all that talk about the rich getting bailed out in 08 and 09, and they already have statistics like this. Because these checks that people get, can you imagine if you've lost your job and, uh, and, it, and, and everything is negative, the government doesn't do anything right, and then they say, uh, okay, we'll give you this, this money. What they need is a job, is a, is a job. But what we do is we lock it down. There's a law against this. Yeah, their law, a law they've created out of thin air. They've done it with, uh, you know, just uh, pretending that they're, you know, that they have this authority. They don't have this authority. The people are waking up to this because they're hurting and they realize they don't have the authority. They don't even have state authority. This whole idea of executive orders from the president on down, that is so serious. That's so uh, vicious and unconstitutional. It's, uh, it's such an immoral thing to do to assume that one person has power, but 
But these governors have been called online to, to, to task on it because they're making just an executive order and believe they have power. And this is the reason why a libertarian approach to government is so much better. Yes, we'll have problems, but you work it out in a different fashion. If you have, if you have uh, a virus that uh, everybody should be concerned about, uh, you do things voluntarily. You let people go back. You know, there was one university where they made it voluntary and they had a thousand students go back to school. And uh, the way it's report wrote is nobody got sick. It's been gone. But, that, but you didn't have to go back. That's the libertarian answer. Quarantines are good. And so quarantines should be used. And they could be used. But who's going to be the enforcer? some authority from Washington, D.C., and I thought all we have to do is uh, uh, persuade uh, President Trump uh, not to participate in this and fire Fauci. But guess what? The states now, even if the federal government starts to move in a more reasonable way, governors, hey, we've never had this much power. And, of course, uh, our tax revenues are going down, and we're already bankrupt, uh, but uh, the federal government will send us money. So they, they do this, and the states write regulations, the county commissioners write regulations, city councils, everybody getting in the act because they're using force. They're using aggression, which is the principle that you have to give up. Uh, if you want to believe in the free society and the libertarian society, that you can't initiate aggression. And the worst kind of aggression is when a government and officials in government does it, you know, with, uh, uh, with the uh, authority of the government behind them, with the power of the purse and the power of the Federal Reserve. So those, those are the things that I think people are getting to, to know a little bit better. And I was just wondering, Chris, do you have another statement you'd like to make or are we about ready to go? I do have a closing statement, and I'll say that, uh, you know, the government will multiply powers and uh, multiply problems until it's overwhelming, and we have to accept this. We can't have cognitive dis dissonance and, and just see the world as we wish it were. And if you look at the language that's being used, post-corona world, and if you look at what they're talking about, they're talking about a permanent corona world. And they've already have permanent wars, so why not a permanent virus to go along with it? And they want to call it the new normal, which is really an abnormal tyranny. It's abnormal to be under constant surveillance. That's not life, you know? So we can't stop the damage that they want to inflict, but we can plant the seeds for a, be a better world once that this whole thing collapses on itself. And it has to, because they're trying to wipe out nature. Liberty is a part of our nature. You can't wipe out nature. You can't regime change nature. They're ultimately going to go broke trying. And it's very exciting to know that someday the ideas of liberty will dominate. And one day they will, I believe, shake the world again. Very good, Chris. I'm glad I got to emphasize, Chris, you need do your last statement. That was perfect. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm going to finish with a short uh, closing statement because I want to just refresh your memory that when this all started uh, with the coronavirus, it was probably in March and early April, and I did an article and called the whole thing a hoax. And I got into, you know, trouble with the establishment. And the message really wasn't that uh, it was lying about a virus because uh, we know it's there and we can identify it and people could do get sick and it's serious. And for me, the hoax was a misinterpretation and turning it into a monster of a problem. 
You know, you know the, uh, uh, the, the uh, dilemmas that we've had before, in 1957, there were 116,000 Americans that died from that, and I don't even remember it. So, and here we are, we're not, uh, we're, we're not that bad, we're much lower than that, besides the numbers are fixed. The numbers people, people are told, you know, to report it regardless uh, of whether that was the real cause. And if, even if they had no signs, they say that. If you don't, they don't have any signs, uh, they don't have any tests made, but if they had some symptoms that you could say it's coronavirus, put it down. That's just what done it. So that is the part that has turned out to be a big hoax. And that's why I was, I'm delighted to see some of the professionals and law enforcement people and some judges wake up and, and recognize this because legally there should be no difficulty in defending our position from a moral viewpoint, from a constitutional viewpoint, from a practical viewpoint, and yet some people still are just crawling around and intimidated and said, oh, we have to obey, obey, obey. Yes, I think it's good to obey your parents and a few few other good good advice. But to obey people who are the authoritarians and have no respect at all for law and order and no respect for the idea of nonviolence, uh, no, I don't think you have to crawl. I think uh, it, it, sometimes they're going to say you practicing civil civil disobedience, uh, which they will. But they're the ones who are civilly disobedient, and they're the ones who are causing the trouble. And when they tell us and others who believe this way that we are violent because we won't do this and we uh, go out and uh, and demonstrate no the violence is coming from the people who have more guns and that's uh, that's the government that's the reason i don't believe the guns are going i'm just hoping and praying we never have to solve this problem with guns within our own nation so i don't think the guns are the issue except for the fact that these monstrous regulations and these details are backed up by a lot of guns that are illegal and should be banned. Those are the guns by the bureaucrats. Not only should we ban their guns, enforcing these kinds of laws, we should ban their jobs as well. We should quarantine them so they don't have opportunity to do this to us. And fortunately, I believe a lot of people are waking up and I'm delighted with that. I wanna thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.